0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today, and we may have those watching for your first time. Today we want to encourage you to stay tuned as we discuss the subject, Principles that Strengthen Society. Principles that Strengthen Society. Please stay tuned. Now today we are offering a free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to emphasize the course is free. Please avail yourself of the opportunity to uh, get the course, study the course, Send it back to us for grading, That you might know more about the course and that you might know how to receive it, we want to pause for just a moment.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314 Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.
1: Are you concerned about the future of our nation? I have an idea that everyone that's watching right now regardless of your political views, regardless of your religious views, it's concerned about where our country is headed and what it's going to be in the future. In Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34, the wise man said, Righteousness exalts a nation, but but sin is a reproach to any people. And indeed, he is correct. Righteousness would exalt a nation, but sin will bring a nation to its knees. How are we going to do that? Are there any principles, any guidelines that we can follow that, that would help to exalt our nation, that would help our nation be strong, to help it to be every Thing that a strong nation can be. Well, I believe there are some things that are found in the Old Testament in Exodus the 20th chapter that will help us to be a strong nation of people. I think these principles will help you be a strong individual. They will help you to build a strong family. And in general, these are principles that will strengthen society. Now, the Old Testament is simply the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And there are things that are found in the Old Testament that are found also in the New Testament. One of those things are the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are recorded in the 20th chapter of Exodus, beginning in verse number 1. And the principles that are found in the Ten Commandments are brought over into the New Testament. The only one that is not brought over in uh, uh, reality is the commandment to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We'll talk about that. But there are certain principles here. And the principles are age-lasting. Now, I want to point out that we're not living under the Old Testament law. That is, I'll not be judged by it on the day of judgment. But according to Romans 15 and 4, whatever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. So there are things that we can learn from Old Testament passages. And there are certain principles that are instilled in these verses that will help to strengthen our lives, strengthen our society. Now, here are those principles, and I hope that you'll If you'll take a pencil, piece of paper, write these principles down. Principle number one in strengthening society is have respect for God. You see, in the first seven verses, there are certain things that are said about God. First first of all, the Lord said, you'll have no other gods before me. God in heaven is our only God. There's one God and Father of all who is above all through all, And in you all, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 6. And so he is our only God. There is no other God. And there is no God that can take his place. Some make gods out of things such as nature, such as sports, such as knowledge, such as popularity and the like. But there is to be no other God ahead of the God of heaven. And then he is to be the object of our worship. We're not to make any carved or graven image and bow down to that. We're to worship God. He is the object of our worship. Revelation 22 and verse 9. And so he and he alone is our object of worship. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him. Must worship him. We worship him in spirit and in truth but also along the line of having respect for God, we are to revere his name. We're not to take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That's in verse 7. And yet today, that is done so frequently. People taking the name of God in vain. It is to be a revered name, a hallowed name. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, pray like this, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be, Thy name. And so principle number one, respect God. Have respect for God. And then we need to have respect for the day of worship. In the Old Testament, in the Ten Commandments, in verse 8, the Jews were taught to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And they understood that that was every day of Sabbath. They were to keep that and to revere that day as a day of worship. Now, rather than worshiping on Saturday or the Sabbath, we worship on the first day of the week. In Revelation 1.10, John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And we worship on the Lord's day. And when our souls cry out for nourishment, we ought to worship God. I like Psalms 95 and verse number 6. There the psalmist said, let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. And we need to kneel down before our God. In fact, these strong families worship together. Uh, in a copy of the USA Today not long ago, it was reported that roughly 40% of people would be in some place of worship on Sunday. And I, I've read in another place that that's 39%. So anywhere from 39 to 40% are in some place of worship on Sunday. That means that roughly 60% of the people in our, in our society are not going to some place of worship. They have no respect for worship of God on the Lord's day. But if we want to strengthen society, not only must we respect God, we need to have respect for the day of worship. And the whole day is the Lord's day, not just a part of it. But then again, we need to have respect for our parents. We're to honor our father and our mother. That's in verse 12 of Exodus chapter 20. And I am convinced that that's a principle that will strengthen society. We ought to honor our parents when we're young. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, Paul said, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. So we obey our parents. We are to respect and honor their wishes. I have illustrated it like this for young people, that that you're going down a road, and there are holes in the road, there are curves in the road, there are dangerous places in the road. Your parents have already been down that road. It's called the road of life. And they've already been down that road. And they know where the pitfalls are. They know where the dangerous places are. They know where the dangerous curves are in that road. They know where things are that can cause you misery and heartache. And if we just listen to them, we, we could save ourselves a great deal of hurt. Respect your parents. Honor their wishes. But then when our parents are older, we still need to honor our father and our mothers. Take care of your parents. Be with them as they grow older. Let me tell you another reason for doing that. You see, what goes around comes around. If you neglect your father and you neglect your mother, you're sowing seeds in the hearts of your children to do the very thing, same thing to you at a time when you may need them the most. So honor your father and mother, respect them, and live up to the good name that your parents have given to you. So we've seen that these principles will help strengthen our society. Respect God, have respect for the day of worship, and have a respect for our parents. But then in verse 13, another principle that will strengthen society is to have respect for human life, thou shalt not kill, we read in that verse. Literally meaning, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not kill. Now that verse prohibits premeditated murder. It's going out in, in cold blood, taking the life of another individual. And today, life seems so cheap in the minds of some because without even thinking about it, they snuff out the lives of people. But you see, God said, Thou shalt not kill. That would also prohibit abortion. David said in the 139th Psalm that it had been fearfully and wonderfully made. And indeed, we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. God created us. In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, Jeremiah uh, said God knew him in his mother's womb. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul was called to be an apostle from his mother's womb. I'm thankful that uh, Jeremiah's mother did not abort him. I'm thankful Paul's mother did not abort him. Had she done so? She would have aborted the man who wrote about half of the New Testament and established congregations of the Lord's people all over the then known world. You see, life is precious. We do not have the right to take life. Someone says, but I have right over my own body. What about the rights of the unborn? We have rights, but our rights should not be uh, carried to excess where we take advantage of and even take the life of someone else. We've gotten ourselves into such a a state in our society that everyone wants their rights. Children even want their rights. Everybody has their rights today. The next thing you know, you'll have cat rights and dog rights, pigeon rights. Everybody's got their rights. And back behind all of that, if we will stop and analyze it, is an attitude of selfishness. We need to think about other people. And and so life is precious. We're to have respect for life. And so the Bible teaches that we ought to have respect for human life. But then another principle that will strengthen society is to have a respect for God's law of purity. In verse 14, the Lord said that thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And yet that has become a very, very common thing in our society today. Well, someone says, what's wrong with it? Well, first of all, it's a violation of God's law. God said, thou shalt not commit adultery. Somebody says, but I thought you said that that was the Old Testament and that we're not living under the Old Testament. Well, that's true. But the same principle is taught in the New Testament. In Galatians 5, 19 to 21, it is listed among the things that are called works of the flesh. And those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But we live in a day where adultery has become so commonplace and it has been so whitewashed that, that, that it's been galvanized into respectability. But is it still a respectable sin in the eyes of God? That's the thing you need to ask yourself. What is wrong with it? First of all, it is a sin against society. Adultery destroys society. It is a sin against your home. How many homes have been destroyed because of the sin of adultery? In my years in preaching the gospel, I could name you one right after the other that has been destroyed by adultery and it's a sin against your home. I've even heard grown people say when they have children in the home, well, it's not going to affect my children. That's wishful thinking, my friend. It will affect your children. It will affect them for the rest of their natural life. When the home is destroyed because of sin, because of adultery, and adultery is a sin against your own body. It is a sin against your spouse. You see, it is also a sin against God. If we want to strengthen our country, if we want to strengthen society in general, then we need to start respecting God's law of purity. Thou shalt not commit adultery. But then another principle that will strengthen society is in verse 15, where we have respect for the property. Of other people. You shall not steal. Well someone says. Well brother Lambert. I, I'm not a thief. I don't steal. Well let me ask you. Are you honest on your income tax? H- have you ever kind of. Just sort of. Left a few things out. That you didn't want to report. Well that's Stealing. What about on the Lord's Day? When the collection basket is being passed, have you ever stolen anything from God? In Malachi, the third chapter, the Lord asked the question Will a man rob God? And they asked, Well, wherein, uh, wherein have we robbed you? And the Lord's answer was, You've robbed me in tithes and offerings. Have you ever stolen from God? You see, it's wrong. To steal. It's wrong to take what does not belong to you. And that's a very prevalent thing in our society today. It's not uncommon for someone to go into a bank, go into some store, and demand money. Fill up the bag full of money, and they run off as though they've done some great thing. But what they do not understand, that they have put a mark on their soul so far as God is concerned. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8 says, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands a thing that is good, that, that he may have to give to him that needeth. If we want to strengthen society, we need to respect God, respect the day of the worship of God, have respect for our parents, respect human life, respect God's law of purity, And we need to respect the property that belongs to other people. But again, to to strengthen society, we need to have respect for the power of the tongue. In verse 16, the Ten Commandments read, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And I have an idea that this is one of the most prevalent sins in the world today. And that's the misuse of the tongue. If you want to strengthen society, learn to control your tongue. There are many ways that we can bear false witness. We may bear false witness just by making an exaggeration, exaggerating the truth. We we, we might bear false witness by jumping to conclusions. We might bear false witness but just telling an outright falsehood about someone else. But you know you hear people in high places telling falsehoods and sometimes by way of the media they get caught in their trap. They get caught in their falsehoods and they shrug it off as though it's nothing. I just wonder if those who are in high places have ever thought about the influence that they're having on the youth of the land when they get on a television, for example, and tell a bold-faced lie, and then they get caught in that lie and never apologize for it. You're sending a message to young people that it's all right a lie. Don't get it disturbed if your children cheat on an exam at school. Don't, don't get disturbed if your children tell you a lie because you've taught them to tell a lie. The little boy was prone to tell his mama lies and she was trying to break him from lying and his name was Little Willie. She said now little Willie don't you know what happens to little boys that tell lies? He said no ma'am. Why she says there's a man that lives on the moon and he takes all the little boys that lie from the earth to the moon to live with him. I wonder where little Willie learned to lie. If we want our children to be honest we must be honest and we must Guard the power of the tongue. Sometimes people misuse their tongue by slander, by gossip. As Paul referred to it as wandering about from house to house, speaking things which they ought not. First Timothy five thirteen. In Leviticus nineteen sixteen, Moses told Israel, "Thou shalt not go up and down, as a talebearer." bearer." among the people. So if you want to strengthen society, why don't you start respecting the power of the tongue? There is life and death in the power of the tongue. Families can be destroyed. Reputations can be ruined because of the misuse of the tongue. But then the final principle I'd like to mention is found in verse 17. You shall not covet you shall not covet. You see, we're to respect the teaching about things, things that belong to others, things that we might not own ourselves, but that we really would like to have ourselves. You shall not covet. In Luke, the 12th chapter, Je- Jesus talked about a man who's, was a rich man and this rich man's grounds brought forth plentifully and he thought within himself saying what, what shall I do? I have no room where to bestow my fruits, my goods and he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'll just pull down my barns. I'll build greater. There I will bestow all my fruits and all my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, you've goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And then Jesus said, So is he that layeth up treasure for himself is not rich before God. Now let me tell you how Jesus started that parable. In verse 15. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Oh, you shall not covet. Don't covet things. I've seen a young couple get a new automobile. And here's a young couple that doesn't have a new automobile. And the next thing you know, they see this new automobile that this young couple has bought, so the thing they do is they go trade in their old car for a new automobile that's like this automobile. Behind all of that is envy, jealousy, and covetousness. Attitudes like that are not going to strengthen your home. They're going to put you in the poorhouse. They're not going to strengthen society. They're going to destroy society. Now here's our list of things that will strengthen our society. Have respect for God. Have respect for the day of worship. Have respect for your parents. Have respect for human life. Have respect for God's law of purity. Have respect for the property of others. Have respect for the power of the tongue. And have respect for what Jesus said about Things we can strengthen society today, but I'll tell you, don't do it on your own. You have to do it God's way. And you can begin strengthening it today by becoming a Christian, by believing on Jesus with all your heart, by, by repenting of your sins, by confessing faith in Jesus, by being baptized into Christ for the remission of. Of your sins by living a faithful, dedicated Christian life and having respect, real, genuine respect for the sacred things of God. Would you do that? If we can help you, please let us know. Now, I would like to give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also right now, before we go off there, why don't you pick up the telephone right now? Call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Order it today. All you need to do is just call. We'll get your name and address, and we'll send you the course. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you, is my prayer.
0: Give me the Bible.